Welcome to Hotel Analyst Perspective Podcast. Each week we delve into the key stories impacting hotel investors globally, although you might want to bear in mind we look at the world as seen from London. Find out more about us at hotelanalyst.co.uk. Joining me, Andrew Sangster, Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, are Catherine Dogrell, Hotel Analyst Perspective Editor, and Chris Baum, Web Editor. This week, we are talking about the world's biggest hotelier, Marriott, and what its third quarter results tell us about its future direction. We're looking at some of the biggest hotel owners, in particular Host and Park, and we're going to report back from Europe's oldest hotel investment conference held last week in London. So Catherine, Marriott. Arnie Sorensen, the CEO, was in his usual upbeat mood. What did you learn? <laughs> Yes, he was very upbeat and this time they're looking at what they can do for owners in terms of profitability and not just RevPAR. So long-term viewers of the sector will remember Andy Coslett, the old CEO IHG, who was one of these people like Fritz Van Passion who was dropped in from far outside and as a result took a somewhat unusual view of the sector, largely that he didn't agree with RevPAR because he came from a land of chocolate makers and he wanted to sell lots of uh, dairy milks. And he didn't necessarily want to ramp up the price of dairy milk every day, so he found it somewhat confusing when faced with selling rooms that he was meant to increase the price on a daily basis. Now, Marriott, they've been talking in their earnings call about, in North America, changes to their revenue management systems, where they are considering their distribution costs of which channel to open on any particular night, with the conclusion that some channels may be less profitable than others. Um, This has resulted in a decline in OTA business, which is great news for them and is intriguing given that they're currently negotiating their contract with Expedia. And it means that uh, on occasion they find that um, they've seen, I think they said, a few tenths of negative impact on RevPAR growth, uh, but a favourable impact on profits. So it's no longer about filling rooms at any cost, it's about making some money, which I think would be good news for everyone who lists their hotel through Marriott. Mm, certainly, I mean, owners have been talking about this for a long time. But I mean, is this a backdoor way of resurrecting the book direct argument? Um, well, I think the book direct argument is still very much hanging over the front door. But this is uh, all about how to get more owners in and persuading them through profits. Seems like a pretty plausible way to go about it. I see. So, in, in terms of, are they going to bin RevPAR? Because a lot of their management contracts, uh, in in terms of their incentive fees, that they're built around what the performance is on um, RevPAR. Um, I don't. There was no talk of binning RevPAR. Everyone enjoys RevPAR, and and as we know, Andy Coslett no longer works in the sector. Although I don't think it was directly related to his comments about chocolate bars, <laughs> but. Um, it's it's uh, it's an option and it's leverage over Expedia and I don't see why things shouldn't be profitable. They're also looking at different ways of selling rooms. Um, increasingly, you'll be able to choose the bed type, where it is, high or low floor, corner room, balcony, all sorts of different room uh, characteristics, which is appealing to the consumer and um, plays into the variety of offering, which of course Airbnb and things like that have driven so much. And um, they're also looking at uh, lower fee st- <coughs> fee structures. Um, with different costs for different services. So it's all about flexibility now. I think that Marriott's become the behemoth that it has. Okay. And so it sounds like they're going down the same road as Hilton in terms of you've got to sign up with our app. All of these extras are only available if you book direct, if you use the Marriott um, distribution channel. It certainly appeals that way. It's all about heft through distribution. and uh, <laughs> I don't see why it wouldn't be at this juncture. It's all about power, it's all about size, and this is the argument they'll be making with Expedia, no doubt. 
So is this unalloyed good news for owners from your point of view? It depends if you still like RevPAR, doesn't it? Some people do, some people enjoy it. It's um, presumably difficult if you've got a friend who also lives in Philadelphia and has a nice hotel and you look at the competitive set and think, oh, well, maybe I'm not getting as much as him on a Wednesday night. Um, I guess it'll take some time to appreciate the profitability argument. Mm. I think one of the challenges here with, with this whole issue about channel cost is it kind of stacks up. I, I, I hear the argument the global majors and the other hotel brand companies make in terms of uh, OTAs are a very expensive channel, but that's only if you actually are paying franchise fees already. And if it's taken exactly. as a given that you're paying franchise fees, then sure, I think OTAs can look expensive, but there is the other option of course that's not to have a hotel brand and that's to go with OTAs and with other um, dedicated online distribution channels uh, it remains to be seen how I think the the hotel companies are going to work this one and and ha you know whether they ultimately are going to win this particular war um, so, so I think one of the interesting things we can see with regard to owners attitudes is that they are now looking um, at running their hotels without any hotel brand at all and even the big players the host hotels park hotels it's certainly under consideration that they will run a property with no brand and go directly with OTAs and other uh, distribution channels like that and, and run them through perhaps third-party management companies um, at, but without having the, the fees franchise fees. Catherine I want to move on and just hear what you learnt um, when you tuned into host hotels third quarter and park hotels third quarter? Um, well both of them very similar themes host more than park but um, park had a certain enthusiasm for no more enthusiasm for Europe and hooray to the US um, it's not all tax breaks but it's all tax breaks and everyone seems to be traveling more and it's all very exciting and bring us your group business we're concentrating our efforts here so it's, it's very much so hosts have clearly packed its bags and have no intention did they say this is it we're, we're not uh, coming back to Europe they they didn't specifically say we're not coming back to Europe but they're not coming back to Europe um, and they are they've got a, I think a couple of hotels around Canada and Brazil which is I guess fun if you're into the winter sports and the summer sports um, and otherwise it's all about scale and also interestingly they're cutting back their exposure to New York which um, as we know has been a, something of a volatile market of late but they are looking for where they've got scale and they're looking in the upscale to have that scale and they're still looking to buy and they're still looking to sell. Okay so that their switch over the last decade or so has been into these big boxes in in urban locations and, and that they're carrying on with that strategy and geographically it's entirely north america or perhaps even entirely us now yes completely they've um as well as selling out of the jv in europe they sold a hotel in mexico so now less than two percent of their ebitda comes from outside the us wow okay um, in, in terms of their relationship with the brands did they have anything to say still very happy with marriott um, so a couple of the REITs uh, the end of la at the end actually I think over the summer were concerned about the situation with Marriott and it was getting too big and they were having some issues with integration. Um, Host have always been very pro Marriott and they stuck with that line. Interesting. Okay, so it's boom time over in the US, uh, perhaps less so here in Europe. Chris, 
you and I went along to Deloitte's Hotel Investment Conference, the European Hotel Investment Conference, which is actually the longest running hotel investment conference here in Europe. It was held last week at the Dorchester in London. What did you learn? Well, I, I got the distinct feeling that there are some big alarm bells ringing about some of the European markets. Um, we had uh, Deloitte's warning us that uh, there are, is now uh, the introduction of complex new financial instruments into the sector, um, namely ground rents, and uh, the, certainly the worry that something that's untested is now being brought into the sector and could uh, cause some headaches down the line. There was also a warning uh, from uh, STR about uh, a growing pipeline pipeline in uh, some of the key European markets uh, for example in the UK Liverpool Edinburgh and Manchester have got um, openings in the next year or so which is more which are all above 10% of current supply um, and if you look at the pipeline in some of the key European cities or German cities rather um, Frankfurt and Munich are both up near 30% pipeline and Hamburg as high as 38% pipeline um, so you know these are sort of classic signs of a market that is uh, peaking in terms of um, the the pipelines getting excessive and uh, the complexity of uh, new financial mm. instruments. One thing I found interesting uh, is normally there's this uh, interminable um, discussion about where we are in the cycle. Uh, you know, there's this laboured um, uh, metaphor in terms of baseball innings usually you find particularly the, obviously at the American conferences where are we in the eighth innings are we in the seventh innings and uh, I, I think there seems to be a general acceptance where we're right at the top of the market now the the big question is just quite how long it can carry on for and what the nature and shape of the correction is going to be and I think hardly anybody discussed that position of the market and what they were getting concerned about was uh, how well are we structured in in terms of the the future um, in in terms of a, a future harder time ahead um, and as you say I think one of the the key areas they picked up on was, was this issue of, of, of ground rents ground rents um, what else did you you glean from the audience Chris well, I mean, also it's interesting to hear that uh, the P, the private equity guys are struggling to find anything of value for themselves across Europe. Um, I also spoke with uh, one of the senior team from Delata, uh, who told me that the banks were falling over themselves to uh, lend money on uh, their recent 525 million euro refinancing, and he was more than happy with the uh, the rate he'd obtained. Um, but the other interesting uh, information we picked up from uh, from one of the operator panels at the event was uh, a little bit more actually about Marriott and uh, how they'd um, learnt some quite interesting stuff as they uh, amalgamated their loyalty programmes. Um, uh, there was some comment that uh, they'd expected to see about 50% overlap between the Starwood and Marriott loyalty programmes but actually when they put them together it was only 11%. Uh, so I think that's a bit of an unexpected bonus from the, for them there. The other thing that Andrea Jones there, SVP of International Hotel Development and Planning, um, said was that uh, they, their arrangement with Hostmaker, where they're bringing on board some uh, a small curated selection of uh, European homes that you can rent through the Marriott system, was very much just a little something that they were trying on the side. And uh, she, her perception was that it didn't seem to be uh, a big deal in in terms of what Marriott was offering going forward. Interesting. So we're seeing these dabblings on the side, but um, it's a contrast, though. I, I, I would suggest with Hilton, who seemed to have uh, absorbed the, 
learnings from the the so-called sharing economy the platform players like airbnb and are actually taking taking the war to them really in, in terms of the new brands and we talked about this lot on last week's po- podcast with motto but marriott are continuing to downplay this um I, I think there might be more things in gestation there, and I think there's going to be an ongoing influence of this this new world in terms of distribution and in terms of the attitudes of consumers with regard to accommodation. No longer just looking for hotels, but looking across the broader spectrum. Well, that should wrap it up for this week. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Chris.